Oh my god, we got Pitbull in a fursuit! Yes! This is it. Another week. Another. Hey, I've got another idea show that will also work with the acronym. So we're fine. Uh, that there's my brother, Mason. The uh, what was the What was the liquor? Dra- Ambo? Lambo? Drambo? Uh, Willi- LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Not LeBron. He's a basketball player. LeBlanc. LeBlanc Williams. That's your nickname, by the way. LeBlanc. Uh, glad to hear it. Uh, that's my brother over there. Uh, Luke Ye Chartreuse Tit Williams. Uh, which is, of course, an anagram for what we're doing this week. Try saucier teeth. What? <laughs> I really like that one, actually. Try, like, like the teeth that you have aren't saucy enough, so you have to sample these dentures. You just that... you gotta try some saucier teeth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, austerity etcher. Austerity etcher, wow. Uh, so this... Uh, this is a podcast where we're going to invent stuff. We're inventors. Uh, yes, we are. And we have ideas all the time. And we just got to we just gotta get them out. We just got to get them out there. Our brains are just... Just got to invent. Like, what's the point of life if you're not inventing, um, really? Just sitting here on these all these, like, would-be patents. But I just... I just got to... Uh, just podcast. Uh, gotta, we are just mad inventors um, surrounded by a cavalcade of wonders. We are the mad lads, and we're going to do it again. We are, and this week we are going to invent a critter shut-eye. Or, if you just mix that up a little bit, it's a security Yeti theater. Yeti hot terraces. Sorry, Yeti what What her- terraces? Yeti hot terraces. These are incredible. They paint such you know, a look, picture. cheaters tie yurt. You see, when we do smaller... Recreate thy suit. Are you kidding me? Recreate thy suit? Either trusty ace. When we try Eucharist tea. Well, okay, so then that means that the worst thing you could ask us to invent is a long word that's got a Q in it, right? Or no, or a short word, like a really short short word, word. like. I think there was a breakfast cereal called Quix. Q U I X. Yeah, I can't do anything with that. That is nothing. That's I Q X U. Well, I mean, now that I'm thinking of it, uh, IQ as in measurement of intelligence, and, and then UX as in like user experience. That's, a, that's or an acronym isn't, that's used. Isn't XU just like a, a Chinese Chinese name? Absolutely. Key, yeah. Also, key QI. Damn. So, like, that's that's uh, that's that's like an alternate spelling of Qi, which is the universal life force right. that flows through us all that we give to Goku, and he makes it into a spirit bomb mm-hmm. and saves the day. And also, we don't need. To invent new quicks anymore because we already know our best, uh, our best. Yeah, yeah, we knocked there. that one out of the park. Anyway, we are going to invent security theater. Right. So my understanding of what this would be is you're going to go on a plane, but yep. you gotta feel safe. So the guard makes you take off your shoes, and everybody is like, "Ah, it stinks in in this room now," and it's like, "Yeah, but." 
but terrorists though. So, so what are you going to do? I mean, I've been traveling all day in these shoes and I'm, I'm working up some good funk, but there might be chemical weapons in there that aren't just BO. Yeah. If I can have an anecdote from my own personal life experience. Sure. Okay. So I work at a call center uh, and we have people call us and we work with their, you know, their cell phone contracts or whatever. And yeah, sometimes we do work with credit information, like credit card shit. And apparently, uh, like a few years back, uh, somebody decided that they were going to write down a customer's credit card information and try and use it to make their own purchases. Okay. Uh, so this is bad. You don't want to do that. Hold on. Hold on. Um, hold on. I, I just need to like fully make sure I've got the context for this. Somebody that worked there kept Somebody the info? Somebody worked at the, at the call center, yes. They were working with a customer's account, and the customer gave them their credit card information. Gotcha. And they were like, I am going to write this down, right, and I'm right. going to take it home, and I'm going to use it to buy things on Amazon, Okay, so, I presume. A slight, slight uh, uh, point of reference for, for my life as well. I was have also been in that position, and it did occur to me. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, they were caught almost immediately mm. because, Glad I yeah, didn't do it, too. Like, that's a, you can catch that shit. Yeah. And they got caught, and they got fired, and I don't know if, like, what legal thing happened to them. As far as I'm concerned, they're gone now. Okay. But the powers that be at our call center decided that it wasn't enough simply to show that, hey, crime doesn't pay, you're gonna get caught when you do this obvious thing and it's not worth it. No, they needed to show stockholders that they were taking a step of some sort to make sure that it would never happen again. And as a result, they banned all pencils and paper and whatnot at the call center. Are you serious? And this, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you are not allowed to have a piece of unlaminated paper in the call center because you could write on it. Gotcha. And the thing is, is that's uh, an inconvenience to me as an artist because, of course, I'm a cartoonist. And one of the main benefits to this job was as I was working or if I'm waiting between calls, I could draw some new comics. Right. But now I can't do that because I'm not allowed to have paper and pens at my desk. Right. But also, I can tell you conclusively that this does not, in fact, accomplish its stated purpose. Because, like, day of, no doubt, da- no, no, no joke, day of this new regulation coming out, I needed to take some piece of information from point A to point B, and I walked over to my supervisor's desk, and I was like, hey, what's that piece of information? And he's like, oh, here's this number, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, cool. And I grabbed the whiteboard marker from the side of his desk, and I wrote the number on my inner arm, and then I just walked <laughs> back to my desk, and I was like, okay, now I have this information. Perfect. But it's like... The fact that you have banned paper and pencils has done a nothing. Right. And yet they need to go through the motions. They need to show that they're taking some sort of action to make people even not not if necessarily feel safe. Just you need to show people that you are reacting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've uh, this is a, a good sort of uh, picture of what it is. And that it doesn't yep. necessarily have to apply to just if you're going on a flight. It doesn't have to be the, uh, what are they? They're not the TSA. What are they? 
They're um, the... Well, Homeland Security Homeland's... was the TSA. Now I think they got eaten by Homeland Security. Okay. Well, in any case, um, you got an anecdote from uh, your job. I'm going to just reference my job as well that I... Please. I can't actually talk much about it. So I'm going to just... Fair. I'm just going to sort of get a frame of reference that this is well, something... Well, because you're a men in black me. agent and you're constantly like zapping people's brains no and so here's the thing aliens. we i'm working with uh the growing of cannabis i work more with data and numbers than i do that's with, a good cover story with sure. actual plants um but uh at the end of the day it was a controlled substance so all of that framework is still sort of in place that, that it be treated as a controlled substance uh like gotcha. there's other stuff too that like y- you know they can't bring in people that are under 18 uh, you have to be like the age that you could purchase it. it you know, it, they so even... basically you're not going to have like a factory tour of grade school children. Like, look, kids, yeah. here's where the weed is. No, we this s- is how they grow it. We straight up like don't do tours unless they're like investors. Uh, so so I'm not going to like toke up a spliff and be like, oh, oh, there's something gold in here. And I unroll it. And it's like, oh, I got a golden ticket. I'm going to go on a tour of the factory <laughs> But then, like, my, my greed for the weed overtakes me, and I get, like, fucking boiled alive in a bong. So, and a bunch of, like, little, little chiba weebas, they, they all sing a song about my hubris. Where do you think I work? Like, I think you work. I think you work at a magical factory. I like the wonderful weed man in the top hat and cane is like doing his little walk out to greet you at the gate and he sort of stops and clutches his heart and goes to do goes to do the somersault but he's too stoned so he falls on his face and just lies there for 20 minutes yeah it's like uh hey uh sir is he okay is he okay do we eat okay uh so, but yeah, no, like in, in all earnestness, there's a lot of okay, security. Sorry. There's some security stuff here that like, Oh, I'm sure. Um, is pretty crazy. Like it looks like a prison when you go there. It's got, like, I would not be surprised if you had armed guards. Cause I got to tell you, if I'm in your neck of the woods and I'm looking for some place to rob mm. you, you would be target one. And this is like, I would like, forget a bank. I'm going to steal all the weed. This is, this is another, like, I think this is okay to say, because this is something observable from the outside, uh, that, um, armed guards know there's like security, forces there but when the when there's a shipment yes there is legitimate armed guards fuck me it's it's like a bank deposit where they roll up in their armed armored truck it's it's like that kind of shit so and uh what what time of the day does this armored truck roll up uh well uh i'll just text it to you okay cool i'll just text it to you and you know what i'll 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 shoot you an email about it and you know Make, oh no no! no. You don't have to recording. send an email. Like I don't need the paper trail. But if you could just uh, just let me know via some clandestine, possibly coded means, right? Uh, and just how many armed guards exactly we're talking about, and uh, you know, like whether or not any of them have blackmailable secrets. Mm, gotcha. Uh, so just, um, you know, any information? What what direction the security cameras point? So I know what corner of the hallway to stand in. Uh, but this is some, this is whether or not I can crawl through your air vents. <laughs> this is some legitimate stuff here too, that Do- dodging the lasers, <laughs> there's no lasers. 
Oh, I no lasers. Tell... Okay, hang on. Write down. No <laughs> lasers. Yes, thank you. I mean, there's the the lasers for show, obviously. But no, like there's... Just show lasers. Got it. Um, There's some precautions that were taken in the design of this establishment that like the uniforms are not just custom, but they've been made without pockets and stuff like that. What? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you keep your phone. What? Where do you keep like your phone and your wallet and shit in the locker? That's not allowed to make it into the, the like work zone. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and there have been some people that just didn't take it seriously enough or tried some stuff and also got fired. So like, I've, I haven't seen that firsthand, but I know of it. So yeah. Okay. So it doesn't have to apply to, uh, yeah, we are not just talking about flying out of LAX. Like this is mm. security theater in general. Yeah. But I, I mean, I have to wonder about like a bank, a bank is a good example too like a bank drop off or whatever like how often how much do they actually need the full armored car and like gun and vest and and all of that and like is it worth the money spent because you know they could probably just do it at like two in the morning and they might be okay to just have like you know some other guy like well i mean how do you know that that armored car is really armored you know it's like sometimes you'll see decoy security cameras and they look like the real thing but they're just a plastic model oh man that's a thing i forgot about buy fake security cameras right now on ebay so decoy security cameras cameras are kind of like the decoy predator birds for birds but they're Mm -hmm. cameras because humans so that's what works on us Yes. Huh. Huh. And I mean, presumably you could do the same thing with any part of your security apparatus. Like if you've got a big fake pillar that looks like metal detector and you just make sure that you catch someone who's an actor every so often is like, oh, I caught you. You were bringing your bike lock through. Oh, darn, you caught me because the thing made a beep noise and I was scared. Like as long as you do that once a day or so or once a week, like people will believe that's a real metal detector and they won't bother trying to bring metal through it. Mm. It's that whole, like, adjustment that, you know, people don't push that boundary too much. and uh, it's Because like, they're afraid of going to fucking prison. Yeah. yeah, pretty good reason, I think. Um, Okay, so what do you want to make? Well, the thing is, security theater, the archetypal example that we mentioned is the shoe bomber, right? right. Like, the dude tried to bring a bomb in his shoe... And it was silly because his bomb was whack and he tried to light it with a match, even though it's not a bomb that would require you to light it with a match. But as a result of that failed plot, which I will note was failed by the dude's own ineptitude, as a result, now people have to take their shoes off at airports so we can scan the shoes and we pretend that that's doing something. Right. Like, uh, security theater is primarily a reaction So I think what we need to do is we need to come up with a threat or a fake threat, and then we need to respond to that threat in a way that does not actually improve security, but that does make life inconvenient. So are are you suggesting uh, that we design or conceive of a a threat that does not yet exist instead of picking one that already exists and improving upon the design of the security theater therein? 
yeah, just pick some sort of point of vulnerability, whether it is airports or banks or weed dispensaries or some place that you could knock over and somehow either do a crime or do a terrorism or something. We'll come up with some elaborate, bizarre threat to that and then come up with the response to that threat to prevent further similar threats as determined by someone who wants to a make it look good to investors b not actually have the security measure make too much sense or be effective like we don't actually care uh, because the initial plot was so improbable to begin with but then also c inconvenience people and make them think that security has been in some way tightened all right here's something that comes to mind okay okay uh, hospital. Ooh, hospital. When you're talking about when you're, like, at your most vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, that's when you're, like, pretty much incapacitated, uh, from I mean, if I'm gonna thing. mug somebody, I would prefer they be lying down and have three IVs in. Like, yeah. I could mug somebody in a, in a hospital bed, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just don't mind me. I'm an orderly. I'm gonna take your wallet out of your pants. This is standard procedure. Bye. Yeah, and the stereotype there being that, like, that would happen with, if it's, like, a mob situation or a high profile person that like oh we need to like make sure there's a security person outside the door of their room uh or something like that right here's another one for you just sleeping in general uh and then the usual precaution there is if you're paranoid enough that you think someone is coming for you in your sleep you have a bat or a gun like near your pillow right or you fall asleep wearing some very comfortable armor yeah yeah, like a, ba- a bat armor. is only as good as like if you can wake up and grab it, right? But if you're asleep and like someone comes in and they're going to stab you in the neck, you do not get that one shot, right? Mm-hmm. You you got to you foil the neck stab first, then grab the weapon, right? So that you want to sleep with like a neck guard on of some sort. Mm-hmm. Now, do we want to try and put more guns into more bedrooms. I'm okay with bureaucratic inefficiency, uh, especially if we're doing it for comedy purposes, because this is ostensibly a comedy podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, I kind of don't want to go in that direction if it results in people getting shot, especially if it's people getting shot on the gut instinct or just, oh, he seems like a real bad dude of somebody who, you know, gets paid like minimum wage and went through a two-week training course and is like well no, he looked like a gangbanger to me he's like yeah no hey no, that's not good don't Keep you th- the guns out of it don't you think that maybe they have a red to protect themselves uh hi problematic paul i'm glad you're making another appearance oh hi yeah, it's me problematic paul i just feel like maybe people have a right to you know defend themselves in their own homes Okay, I tell you what, Problematic Paul, how about this? You can uh, defend yourself uh, either in your own home or when you're out and about in the world, so long as people you're defending yourself about uh, match the demographic demographic profile of your area. So, like, if your area is uh, 90% white and uh, 10% people of color, you gotta off nine white people for every person of color you kill. Oh, sure, that doesn't sound like much of a problem for me at all, actually. 
uh hey i got this uh, open carry permit is uh legal where i am i, I was just gonna carry this uh see a shotgun down the, down the uh, well now here's here's the thing problematic Paul yeah uh, I love I love your shotgun it's yeah. very good isn't it pretty uh, it's very pretty, isn't it pretty? I just, oh that is very nice yeah do you want to give it a uh, kiss uh, I I mean I I'll kiss it if do you, you want do me you want to kiss it do you want to know what I call her what'd you call it I, I call it <laughs> Hillary <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 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 Yeah. I, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta go. I'm late for my class. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Problematic, Paul. I love you. Bye. Okay. That's our, that's our appearance of problematic, Paul, folks. Yeah, I don't know how he keeps getting in. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, I need some more secure doors. That's what I need. Yeah, I, that would be great. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. What is a security threat? Okay. Okay. Pick an industry. Luke, Luke, pick an industry. Pick a place where a person could work. Uh, bakery. Bakery. Okay. So bakeries have big ovens. They sometimes deal with a lot of money. They might have something expensive there. Uh, but also, more importantly, food security. If somebody tampers with your recipe and you're unwittingly giving out like anthrax laced buns to people you could kill dozens mm-hmm. right bakers so bakers sure dozens. that your food supply is locked down and secure mm-hmm. i gotta say too uh just another security thing uh you're citing a pretty important part uh the the output uh but also just a safety thing people don't realize about like larger scale bakery things you know yeah. those those big ass like uh 12 quart or whatever mixers uh with the big arms if if yeah, you yeah. if you forget what you're doing for a second or you're too sleepy or something and you forget that you shouldn't just reach in there and it it ha- you know catches an arm or a finger a certain way it's gone like you're it's broken you good, are good to know done with that thing cuz like yeah so anyway uh and I've been in places where there's like a safety thing where the measure was supposed to be that like it wouldn't work unless you had the safety guard thing on. And then something went weird with that, that guard thing that it wouldn't like start. So they took it off and then like jammed a a pencil in it or whatever. And so that you just didn't have the safety thing at all. Like I remember from years ago, an anecdote from our dad, because dad worked at a copper tube factory. Yeah. And I remember him mentioning that there was some machine or other that does something insanely dangerous. And so in order to operate the machine, you know, they make sure that you don't have your hands in there because in order to operate it, you have to have like two different controls that you're working with your two hands. So you literally can't use the machine with one hand. And you know, that removes the uh, the ability even to put your hand in there. And he, uh, he mentioned that at the factory, like someone had a stick that they just left by the machine so that they could always like use the stick to operate the machine one handed when they needed to. Yeah. And it was like, that's, that's defeating the purpose. Somebody needs to get rid of that stick. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is uh, the world we live in. It's like these competing forces of 
uh, intelligent safety and unintelligent precautions and people trying to do the smart thing at their own risk that might not be everybody's Well, I mean, like, like similarly, risk. like, how many jobs have you had where you needed to have, like, uh, a password to use the computer system or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it's always like, oh, you got to have, like, a password that contains capital letter and lowercase letter and a punctuation and a number yeah. and it can't be a word from the dictionary. And then everybody just always uses the same password and just every 30 days when they need to update it, they just increment the letter, the, the number on the end by one. Uh, so it's like, oh, it's Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man yeah. 3. I am absolutely guilty of that because, and then this is another thing too, uh, you have your options like LastPass or whatever, but legitimately for my job, I need to have six, five or six passwords and you're not allowed to install other software. So I can't put LastPass or other password managers on there. So I need yep. to remember all six, and some of them expire and need to be refreshed with new ones. So, you know. Same, same. At the call center, I use maybe six or seven different systems Ugh. for passwords, and most of them do expire. That's Anyway, we can do that. You know what? You know what? Do you want to tackle that? That sounds like an actually hard one that maybe, I mean, I don't know. People have just figured all that stuff out. It's like fingerprint. Yeah, right? yeah. You, you know what fucking gets me? Here's the thing that gets me, okay? Uh, so it's a common thing on Twitter that uh, people will post something and it's like, hey, it's the such and such challenge. Like, uh, your first initial is this, your last initial is that, and uh, everybody say what your wizard name is or whatever. Right. Or it'll be like, oh, it's... It, uh, look up the the number of the day of your birthday over here and then the month and that's your color and then the year and that is you know whatever that is that's the the planet you were born on and everybody post your thing and there'll be some data security nerds on there that'll be like hey don't ever respond to these or if you do don't use your real information because it's just fishing for people's identifiable information like their birthdays because very often a birthday is a security question never tell a stranger what your date of birth is right and i'm looking at that and i'm thinking my dude which is going to be easier convincing companies not to use date of birth as a security question or abolishing the birthday like yeah i i i think we cannot close that barn door in time yeah people know when you were born you have parties people really like that they really like their parties and i i feel like it's like why can't you just pick a day that's like here's 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 my my bit my bit real quick um okay there are certain landmark kind of days in your life like oh you turn 40 whatever maybe it's time to celebrate a couple of accomplishments or whatever i feel like the the gimme on that should go a week or two like i feel like if you you know when you are actually turning 40 and if you have cause for celebration sometime in that two-week period then it's then it's good you can pick sometime in that two-week period i don't think that like people should celebrate the specific day when it has this kind of security attachment to it, at least in our present society. 
yeah, like I, I, I can understand saying like, oh, I'm, it's my birthday this week. We're getting together on the Saturday. Like that makes sense. Yeah. But I do not think it makes sense to keep your date of birth a secret because if you don't, people can charge things to your credit card. Like that's that's weird. People are just going to they're going to be able to find when you were born. Like you could look that up for me on my social media right now. Like there are balloons that will pop up on my Twitter page on my birthday. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. I got a fake birthday in on my uh, on the uh, old FB. And oh, you got a uh, fake birthday. I just don't like I, I don't really care for being a deal made of it. But but guess what? I got what? two public posts on the wall that I could delete or block and explain, but I don't want to. And it's from the it's from the mom and it's from the sister. And uh, so there it is. Yeah. So it's, it's just like, hey, everybody, I'm his mother of all people of every human being on the planet. I would know the best. This is the day he came out of me, everyone. Yeah. Just and so like, everyone knows. Just so everyone knows, BT Dub, there's a weird fake birthday. Luke, you should fix that. I'm just letting y'all know that his actual birthday is this day. Okay, love you, sweetie. Bye. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Luke's... Yeah, you can't. Like, same thing with mother's maiden name, right? Like, who's going right. to not, who's going to be, be able to keep that a secret? It's yeah. it's literally what her name was before she got married. Like, you cannot keep that a secret. It was a human being's name for decades. I feel like we gotta actually get hunker on down on this design, but I think I think uh, I think we could use a little bit of a brain break. Okay, now uh, you got your security code to get your allotment of water, right? I do, but uh, I mean, can I just borrow your pass card to get to get oh, through? Oh yeah, the door? sure. Here you go. Okay, cool. Thank you. Oh, can I um shoot? Uh, can I uh the retinal scan? Can I just? Can I just, grab it? <laughs> just one of my eyeballs? Well, I mean, fortunately, I do have a replica eyeball that I keep with me just because it's too much of a hassle to take off my sunglasses. It is so, a hassle. Yeah. So here, here's my replica eyeball that I keep in my pocket. Uh, yeah. You can you can have that along with my ID card, and uh, that'll make it easier for you to go get water, bud. Okay, cool. Let's go. Gra- let's go grab a drink. Yeah, let's get some drink. Hello, dear listeners, and thank you for listening to this episode, Security Theater, of Season 3. We are going to invent that right quick after this little break, but this is just a quick break to tell you a few things you might not know, as well as an update onto our individual creative endeavors. Now, part of our individual creative endeavors means that we're making small, incremental changes make things better. And let me tell you, now that I've moved my computer upstairs, finally... And I'm in my sound booth closet. I hope it sounds a little bit better. Does it sound better? I think it might. Mason is Tailsteak at Tailsteak on Twitter. He also does webcomic forward at forwardcomic.com. Uh, he does art for Roll to Safe at RollToSafeComic.com. Both those are cool. Check them out. He also does other stuff on his Patreon, patreon.com slash Tailsteak. He does books and novels and games and all kinds of cool stuff you should check out. I am less ashamed on Twitter. And also, careful consideration is something you can find from me on YouTube. It's, uh, it's a little video series I'm doing. I've got like more and more ideas for stuff every day. And I just got to keep working on the album until that's done so that I can get to that. It's going to be called What's Your Whistle by Headless Sam. And it is way overdue. 
And uh, yeah, I'm also doing some other podcast stuff, and that will be really cool. Hey, uh, if you want to do any kind of ad swap or anything like that, if you have a podcast yourself, uh, hit me up, show at gmail.com. But also, if you have a suggestion for something that you think we should invent, we got a form just for that. Check out show.com and then suggest a topic from there. And uh, we might just get around to it, and it would be pretty cool. So, thank you so much for listening, and let's get back to the action on inventing a new form of security theater right now. Okay, so Luke. Yeah. Okay, so I want to go back a bit. We mentioned bakeries, okay? Yes. So I'm going to extend this to any facility that manufactures food, okay? Okay. Food safety is a huge priority. And let's say we have some hapless terrorist who tries to do a plot and fails, like they try to get some anthrax in the flour, and then it's going to go in all the Twinkies, but oh, we caught them, but now we have to do a security theater thing. So here's what I'm going to pitch. Anybody who works with food professionally, your ingredients, your flour, your salt, your sugar, whatever, all of those ingredients, they come from the manufacturer, whoever processes them. They're in real sturdy containers. They got a digital lock on the top. If you want to open them up, you got to like pop it open. It records when you open the container. It records how much you take out. And then we can keep tabs on how much flour, how much sugar, etc. And we'll make this required for anybody who professionally sells baked goods. Luke, your thoughts. Okay, okay, okay. Here's what comes to mind. Um, I I mean, I hate it. Uh, I... (laughs) I understand how that is effectively security theater because, man, that is theatrical that that would actually, like, prevent someone who wanted to do harm from doing harm. They can't get that anthrax into your salt shaker. You need a password to open your fucking salt shaker. Yeah, but, like, it still gets shipped in in a truck by a supplier. If that supplier is the guy that wants to contaminate the material you can just do that before it even before it even gets there right you can do that at the warehouse right and i know that you're sorry i know you were saying that like it would have the shipment date like straight from uh wherever straight from the um from the the fa- factory. factory that makes it Salt but line. factory then goes to supplier and then supplier to uh to the individual establishments and then depending on the establishment there might be another step there too like mcdonald's makes their own fries at the mcdonald's fry factory sure but for mid-range oh my god can you imagine if you compromise the mcdonald's oh wow like all mcdonald's Ooh, there's you a... could kill millions millions and millions slain there is a really good sort of crime novel ready there uh, but no, there's probably all kinds of safeguards that prevent that from happening. That's regional, et cetera, et cetera. But um, no, okay. So let's like at a big, big, big company level, like they take care of their own shit. They make their own shit because why would they outsource it? As soon as they acquire the means to have be their own resource, then they take care of it. But for the mid-range companies that are like, say there's like a restaurant or a bakery with three locations, right? Suddenly yeah. it makes sense for one of them to be doing the production that sells to the storefronts, right? So 
where I'm going with this is um, that's the steps that you now have. You have factory to supplier to producer to storefront. So you've got more steps. And where do you put the locks? Okay, so so here's here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Let's say I'm an anti-Semite, but I'm also not very bright. This took a very specifically weird turn, but go on. I see kosher salt in the grocery store, and my blood just fucking boils. I should have known. Oh my god, kosher salt. Can you imagine? Oh, hey, uh, actually. We're going to get them real good. So I want to make all the kosher salt deadly. (laughs) Can I just butt in here? I got some opinions. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're back. Hi, Problematic Paul. Yeah, I just want to say that actually this, this is pretty good salt. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, it's no Himalayan pink, but it's pretty good. Despite the juice. <laughs> no, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, okay. So, uh, let's say I am a terrorist and I want to just poison the kosher salt I'm going to get a chemical that tastes like salt, but kills you, and I'm going to put it in the salt. Yeah. So where do I attack in the supply chain? Where is vulnerable to me attacking kosher salt? And having determined that, how do we fill that hole? Uh, Well, I feel like you just kind of turned my own question around on me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. okay. Let me let me let me turn it around on you specifically. I'm going to aim directly at you, Luke. Okay. You are the anti-Semitic terrorist. Oh, you dang. want to poison kosher salt? How do you do it? Mm, how do I do it? I would imagine that yeah, going to the source and and finding a way to like I see what you're saying that like at the factory level, at the, the more... factory level, there's a big ass factory that is producing kosher salt. Mm-hmm. But then here's the thing is that like some quality assurance person is making sure that it doesn't go out the door. It, you know, hopefully in theory, some they're, they're making sure that it doesn't go out the door until it's passed. Are they tasting some tests. it? Are they just, no, so they do fucking, the batch? they do tests, my dude. Like that's what the lot number is, is, is about is that if there's a problem with a particular lot and then they do their recalls, it's because something slipped through the cracks from, from QA that. Okay. Yeah. Can I bribe or somehow yeah, that's, compromise? That's what would have to happen is you would have to bribe the people that are actually like watching that or you would have to be a corrupt person in that position and wait until enough faith has been put in you. And yeah, then I'm going to go get turn. a job as the QA guy at a kosher salt factory. Yeah. I'm going to build up years worth of trust and security and goodwill. And then on the fateful day, my accomplice shows up with the anthrax and I'm like, yes, yes, put it in. Yeah. I'll fake the results. This batch is good. <laughs> I just got a, a quick quip from, uh, from from Caitlin on the side here, I'm just looking at my phone because she's now working in QA for uh, for us at the the cannabis plant. And, oh, I didn't uh, know that. Cool. Yeah, she just did a text saying, uh, "QA wants to review your podcast." <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so anyway, um, so the the salt you would wanna. You would want to, like, do one of those two things. That's a lot of work. And then, more importantly, I don't see how our security theater would really help with this. Unless, okay, unless the program is (laughs) some really shitty, like, staff retreats 
with like a bunch of trust fall exercises and stuff to make sure that like everybody could actually trust each other that they're okay, not no, no, secretly no, 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 playing a long game. Luke, have you seen the original Fast and the Furious movie? Wow, technically yes, I did, and I could maybe recall two scenes from it. Okay, the plot of the first Fast and Furious. Vin Diesel, a.k.a. Dom, whatever the fuck his name, Toretto. Uh, What they do with these super fast cars is they will break into and rob trucks as they are driving down the highway. Okay, like they will drive up alongside a truck that's hauling consumer electronics. They will break in and start like unloading the electronics as the truck is in motion. Gotta gotta say, on brand, that's pretty fast and pretty furious. Agreed. Okay, so let's say I am the aforementioned anti-Semite, but I couldn't get a job at that kosher salt factory, just couldn't pass that background check, darn. So I decide what I'm going to do is I'm going to fast and furious this shit. I get myself a real souped-up Honda Civic, and I'm going to drive and chase down a truck with a big President's Choice logo on the side because it's full of kosher goddamn salt, and I'm going to break into the truck... From the back, the the trucker can't see me because he can't see me with his mirrors if I'm too close behind him. Mm. I break into the truck from the back. I put the the fucking arsenic in the kosher salt. I get back out of the truck, seal it all back up. He's delivering the kosher salt with the arsenic in it. He's none the wiser. I have poisoned the salt. How do you secure the truck, Luke? I gotta say, man, this would work. Like (laughs) You're damn right. That truck full. If you fill... If you fill a truck with skids of kosher salt, the, the, uh, let me, hang on, let me crunch a number real quick, because I'm, I'm actually legitimately pretty curious about this. I could kill okay. so many people! Let's say it's, let's say it's, uh, let's say, f- let's, let's just say for the sake of, the sake of argument, it's like 50 is, 50, uh, Say it's a dollar a box for what it actually costs them to make. Sure. Right? And then a skid is... Let's say you can get 500 on there. Right? And then let's say on the truck you can get maybe like... 25? No, 25 skids isn't even that. Maybe 20 skids. Okay, so maybe like $100,000 is what you're talking about protecting on that truck shipment. Right? Yep. There is no way that there's extra armor or extra security cameras or anything. That trucker is disillusioned with his fucking job. Like, yeah, he's just, like, trying not to fall asleep. Yeah, this is a very exploitable little loophole that, like, this this is not even an elaborate con scheme thing. I just this need is... a distraction. Like, imagine I get some hot chicks in a convertible. They pull up alongside him, and they're flashing their titties going, woo! He's not going to be looking in his rear views. He's going to be paying maybe 40% attention forward, 60% attention to the titties. Meanwhile, right. I'm behind in his blind spot. He It specifically says in the signs, if I can't see my mirrors, I can't see you. I know he can't see me because I can't see the mirrors. I get in there. I drill a little hole in the back of the of the truck i pipe in some gas and it turns all of that salt to poison yeah this is uh this is good there's a real good crime now it's a great uh, crime now I'm this a is mastermind let's let's take a step back for a second all right okay 
because we're not inventing a cool ass crime because that's real cool. I'm gonna say. No, no, that's the thing. Now you need to you need to thwart me, thwart my ass. But that's not what's on the like design document for what we're doing here today. We're supposed to make security theater. We're supposed to make theater, people. Yes feel safer from what we're supposedly doing but not necessarily actually protect them yes right so somebody in a famous movie made this scene happen yeah now everybody's scared because they think it's real you know in much the same way that jaws made a bunch of people you know more scared of shark attacks than is actually statistically reasonable right so now what i think you got to do is if you're shipping salt. You have to take a couple of checkpoints along the road for inspection where they actually pull out a box and taste some of the salt. Well, not taste, because if it's poisoned, the cop's going to die. Okay, but it's like a special poison Blue lives taster. matter, Luke! It's a special poison uh, salt taster man that is developed a very specific uh tolerance and he costs a lot <laughs> okay so he yeah no it takes years to develop a tolerance to iocane powder so uh yeah people who have that skill they're uh they're in high demand okay so this is now required for all salt shipments but just salt shipments because just we salt. because we want this to be as superfluous feeling and stupid as possible so that it's as theatrical as pop up. No, no, wait. We, we'll make it even more theatrical, okay? When you pull over to get this uh, get this checkpoint uh, out of the way. Yeah. You have to pull onto a stage. A stage? Yeah, like an actual literal stage. Yeah, and then the band starts playing and the lights flare up. And there's pyrotechnics. Nice. And there's a big screen TV in the background that's going to like do like live footage of uh like a handy cam behind the tester he's gonna like walk up and the tester's wearing a cape and he's throwing glitter and uh accompanied on the side you know doing this sort of like play by play by play commentary is yeah. uh is a full puppet suit man and uh beautiful beautiful and, and he's it. and he's rapping because it's actually a celebrity rapper Oh my god, we got Pitbull in a fursuit, yes! That is- that's your deep cut? Fucking Pitbull? Pitbull is awesome! I love Pitbull. That is the stalest cut, like, pull. What? He did Ocean to Ocean for Aquaman, how is that stale? Hang on. I- I don't- we, You've called my bluff very effectively. He's in Ugly Dolls movie. That Ugly Dolls movie that's coming out. He is voicing one of the characters. Okay. Okay. I did not know. Mr. 305. Mr. Worldwide. Let's see we Ugly Dolls here real quick. Ugly Dolls, in fact, coming out. Uh, it looks like it already came out. But, oh my god, a 4.5 out of 10. Ugly Dolls with the 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure that's going to help. The old pit bull get into the into the spotlight some more. Anyway, this is his new gig, pit bull. <laughs> he's in a fursuit and he's rapping about salt safety. Yes, <laughs> I love it. So this is as theatrical, I think, as we know how to make this security. Yes. Uh, I mean, 
We can make it cost more. Well, I mean, clearly, it's not the taxpayer who's paying for it because, you know, politicians wouldn't stand for that. The truckers gotta pay for all this. Wait, okay. I'm like, I like where you're going there, but how do you make that that feasible? Like, what's the economy of this? Okay, if you want to truck salt, right, you got to be union. And if you're union, you're making some money. Like, they, they know you're covered. So they make you pay for pitbull to taste your salt. You know what? I The, the one thing I got to say about this that I like is that... um, Because this is where my mind literally went with this just now. Okay. okay. It went... Um, okay, if salt supply suddenly got this much more expensive because something happened and suddenly we need to, like, have all these extra precautions with salt. Salt, which is an extremely stable thing that we can, like, synthetically make and, like, like we're good on salt. Like, we, we're good with, with making salt and supplying salt. If... If it was exploited to the point that, like, salt was harder to come by or harder to use, and uh, and this was the only way that you could get it, what, like, people wouldn't stop using salt. I like, mean, they... I would switch to Mrs. Dash, personally. Well, wait, what? What's, what's Mrs. Dash? Like, Mrs. Dash is a salt substitute. It's made of, like, peppers... Okay, well, I mean, there are other salty things, too. Soy sauce and, and you know, but all of those instill other kinds of things. Okay, I could conceive of a super salt shortage in a particular country for a particular time, which then led to, you know, you fast forward 100 years and and these new kinds of dishes have emerged because it it forced a new reliance on soy sauce instead or whatever. Yeah, like, like, okay, I want you to imagine having to adjust the recipe for banana muffins if the only source of sodium you can put in there is soy sauce. What else do you need to adjust to make that not taste funky? God damn it. You know what I hate about this? I... Okay, so I've been doing this thing with flavor combinations that, like, if there's any opportunity for me to mix some things together that I confidently know has have not gone in my mouth, but possibly have not gone in a mouth at the same time at all ever, I right. I, I have to go for it, right? Like, I, I I'm I'm when I was working in this like buffet uh, uh a sort of space, it would be like, all right, this is a brownie with beef and a grape. I have, I know I've never eaten that, and probably nobody ever has. I give it a shot. Okay, about what I expect. Not going to blow my mind. It's not that great. Cool. Um, But I have not taken that approach to baking. Like, I have not been like, okay, I can make a stable banana bread. I'm going to throw some fucking asparagus in there. Y- y- you know? Like, I haven't actually done it to baking, and I could. You could. You could and you must, because this is the future, Luke, and there is no salt. Or at any rate, if there is salt, it's like $100 a box. So you are using any other salt substitute. You can use Mrs. Dash. You can use soy sauce. You can use your own sweat, but you cannot use table salt. Make me a cake, Luke. I don't want to make you my sweat cake. 
I'm not gonna lie. I feel like it would have a certain. Uh, certain also, same problem. Say. Sugar. You cannot use icing sugar, white sugar, or brown sugar. Use something else to sweeten it. Hmm. I gotta say, I feel like we came away a little bit from the uh, the security theater part. Uh, I know we're still talking about like what that. Okay, this is this is where I was kind of going with that too, though. Is that where my brain went next? Was why hasn't the salt price jumped up in late stage capitalism? Because they could be charging like eight bucks a box, oh, and yeah. we, we would still pay it because we need salt. Uh, possibly because I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I'm totally guessing. Uh, I'm going to say salt is subsidized because the government wants to make sure that we have a steady supply of salt at a reasonable prices, you know, much like they do with corn. Uh, the nation's salt suppliers receive fat, fat subsidies to keep the salt flowing, regardless of whether it's actually profitable or not. Uh, and furthermore, I'm going to say that because of the nature of subsidies, most of that is going to big corporations who in turn pay off lobbyists to make sure the subsidies keep coming. That is not going to mom and pop salt producers. Yeah. Well, that much was obvious. That's how security theater works. Yeah. You know, um, do you feel safe? You feel safe knowing that... I have uh, not felt safe a day in my goddamn life, and that is what fuels me as a human being. But that's that's interesting. I feel like you're not the kind of person I would describe as a more paranoia type. So how'd that work out? Uh, I don't care that much about my own well-being. Oh, yep, that'd do it. That'd Uh, do it. I, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm... I've I've always can I can I let you okay this is sort of peeling back about five layers of onion at, at a time here just right. to get to the core of let's the Mason get right in, let's get right in there what you got it has always always been an assumption of mine that I could be arrested at any time for no reason and furthermore okay. that if I go to prison I will die wow Straight up, that is one of the core facets of my personality. So you're okay. I, I'm kind of su- not surprised to see that jump, but I am also a little surprised that you know that you are the person that would just die there. Like you wouldn't adjust for the circumstances and be like the you know. As I soon would as you walk either in, die or I would become so changed as to be unrecognizable, and that's effectively death. You wouldn't want to walk in and just like, okay, I got to like, you know, just keep my t- head down toughen, do my time. No, toughen nah. up. Okay. If go up to the toughest guy you see and two for flinching. No. no. And you know what? Here's the thing about the toughest guy you see. That's the guard. Cause he's got a gun. I mean, you're right. That you don't see that is like your first day in prison Fight the toughest guy you see. Okay, I'll go fight one of the guards. See how that goes for me. Hmm. Yeah. I, I. You know what? Prison stuff's scary, you know? But yeah, I, no, let's get off that subject. No, uh, no, no. Almost. onion layers back in place. Just, uh, uh, almost. Almost. I just want, got one thing I want to say. Okay. And it's, and it's not as problematic, Paul, as easy as that layup would be. Um, yeah. 
I I don't want to go to prison. But if I could do the simulation, I am super curious to know how I would get along. I think you would be fine because you're actually physically fit. Well, I would I I would like to know how I do. You know, it's not like there's a score you get for this, but I don't I just straight up don't know what my strategy would be and I feel like it's a whole other kind of thing. And then there's all kinds of like I have my own little pockets of privilege in there too, so like I don't I don't know. But it I'm, is I'm curious. just assuming, like, day one, you have to join a gang of some sort for protection, and probably the only one that takes white people is white supremacists. Yeah. And then, here's another thing about protection. And then they want to tattoo a swastika on your face. Pro- probably. Here's the other thing about protection. Yep. Uh, did we did we keep everyone safer? Uh, with... I'm going to say no, but at least Pitbull's getting work. I'm happy that he is, because Ugly Dolls didn't do too well, and and the other one that you cited was Aquaman, and I don't know anything about it other than it had a wet, hot man. And it wasn't Pitbull. Well, I mean, Ocean to Ocean, uh, it's, it's sort of a remix of Africa by Toto. Oh, really? Yeah, if you have not heard that track, go ahead, fire I... it up, it's the sound of the summer. You know what? I feel like I have, but you know what? Just, just because I like you, I'm gonna play a little bit right here. All right. There it is. There's Mason's uh, "Sound of the Summer." Yes, it's, everybody's it, grooving to it. <laughs> it's last summer, but it's still hot. It's the sound of a summer. Yes. It's got a mimosa. You can listen to it holding a mimosa. Yeah. And uh, The Rock is from Samoa. All of that is correct. And you know what you can uh, do is vote in our verdict, which this this week, it's going to be this very important question. Do you feel safe? I don't. What do you. Salt. Is it good? Salt. I mean, salt is good. Uh, how about like, would you eat a banana muffin if you replaced all the salt with soy sauce? Soy banana muffin. Just those those three words at a question mark. Yeah, don't uh, don't give them any more context whatsoever. They got to listen to the episode to get the context. Just soy banana muffin. It's like and, uh, no soy a uh, human being. Yeah, and all all the all the people in the yes camp. Are going to be the ones who think that it's like some tofu based banana muffin. <laughs> They're making everything out of beans these days. And then the people in the no camp are the ones who actually listen to the episode but aren't gross. Or maybe they did listen to the episode but they think that you would do a good job because they have faith in your culinary abilities. I gotta say, I'm gonna, I'm prop, there's like a 70% chance I'm gonna do it now. I believe in you, Luke. Mm. And you can believe in that verdict being available at H-I-G-A-I show on Twitter. Go ahead and vote in that. But also, if you want to make us invent a thing for you, like this one, this one actually came to us from... uh, That was Kev. That was Kev, right, 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 right. 
That is KV1NN4 on uh, Twitter or wherever. By all means, check her out. She does good work. Yeah, she's rad, and she's suggested a bunch of stuff to us in the past. But now, on the website, HIGAIShow.com, we have a uh, form that you can submit your idea for us. Just a quick quick couple of clicks if you want to make us invent something, uh, so long as we haven't done it before. Need it. And we are getting to some of the fresh suggestions in there. This one, off the top, coming to us from... Someone named uh, Arkiley. 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 And uh, she has suggested that uh, we plug her social media being YouTube. So maybe Arkiley on YouTube. I haven't looked. And she could, didn't could provide. Could you spell that for the folks That's at home? A R K Y L I E. Like okay. Ark, like Ark, like Noah's. Y like E to a bien. And lie like uh, Trump. And <laughs> it's too easy. That's too stupid. Yeah. Uh, no, no lie, it, works, it works. Lie like a rug made of uh, the chemical you use for soap. Uh, <laughs> so here's the suggestion. Please. And it warrants a little bit, maybe, of an explanation. It's an SCP entry. Fuck! So we're gonna die. Uh, you clearly know what that probably is, but just for for the folks at home, we're gonna die. What's uh What's an SCP entry there, Mason? Okay, so SCP stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. I want to say correct. Okay, yes. and it is a collaborative fiction exercise in which people have like all of these artifacts that are supposedly contained by a, the SCP foundation. And most of them are like slender man shit. Scary. Yes. And we're going to make one, a fresh oh, one. Shit. Do we actually have to submit it to the thing? Uh, I think, you know what? I think of good verdict for next week would be, should we submit this? Oh God. Okay. So let's just call that shot here and see if we stick with that. We're going to die, Luke. Maybe. But you'll have to tune in next week to find out if we go past this this episode. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so this has been uh, very evidently some needlessly creative conversation. And until next week, dear listeners... Thumbs up, monorail like plan. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.